0: All right, how's everybody doing? Welcome to, geez, what is it already? Tuesday. It feels like it's like Friday already. Oh my God, what a week. (laughs) (laughs) What a week. What a week. Hopefully, everybody's staying safe, everybody's staying healthy, everybody's staying socially distanced, everybody's wearing a mask so we can get out of this pandemic. Of course, I'm Mike Jeffers, Chicago Jazz Magazine, ChicagoJazz.com, and you are watching Chicago Music Revealed, episode 78, right here on Tuesday in the beautiful city of Chicago. And I'm also the Director of Programming and Entertainment at the soon-to-be opening Epiphany Center for the Arts, 201 South Ashland Avenue, right here in the West Loop of Chicago. A 42,000-square-foot event space and performance venues, three performance venues specifically. And we're going to be announcing an entire lineup of live music starting next week. I think we're going to start announcing it. We're going to roll it out in September. So stay tuned for all of that. Of course, all the information at epiphanyshy.com. So, Hopefully everybody's doing well. And uh, without you know, I don't want to. I don't want to ramble on as sometimes I do at the beginning of this show because nobody wants to hear me. I have a very special guest today, and uh, we are going to be talking about a very special project that he put out. I love this. I mean, the music is incredible. There's so many layers to it. I have got Michael Oletu- tuja on, and I'm probably totally mispronouncing your name, Michael. But I'm a drummer. You're a bassist, so we
1: we have to yeah. get along. <laughs> Rhythm, go rhythm section. That's right. That's right.
0: So how are you? I'm so glad you're on. You've got this new recording, Lagos Pepper Soup. Am I pronouncing that correctly?
1: That's right, Lagos Pepper Soup. Lagos, yes, Lagos that's Pepper
0: Soup. And from reading up on it, it's it's actually a uh, a cuisine. It's a dish. A, a, mm. a well, you can. It's a dish from your from from West Africa. Am I reading? it, is that correct?
1: Yes, they have it in West Africa. They have it in different countries. I grew up with the, the Nigerian the Lagos pepper soup.
0: All right. So before we get into the entire recording, what's in Lagos pepper soup, just so we can get that out of the way right off the bat, and then we can talk about this incredible recording.
1: Well, the, the question is, what isn't in Lagos pepper soup? Because <laughs> cause you can do fish, you can do fish, Lagos pepper soup, you can do stuff with beef. Of course, you've got spices. I mean, it just varies. It, you, you know, Of course, you have pepper. <laughs> you know people cook it differently
0: you know it's interesting though i'm glad you said that i'm glad i actually asked that question because listening to this recording first of all now it makes sense because what's in lego's pepper soup what's in lego's pepper soup the recording i mean you've got like an all-star cast performing with you in addition to the fact that you also have um a string orchestra on some of the tracks there's so many twists and turns so many layers so many textures on this recording and of course I feel I mean the rhythms on this recording, obviously, you know, you're it's West African, Afro Cuban, and it's also jazz-based stuff. So I mean, mm. all of this mixed together. You've got twelve tracks on this. Let's start from the beginning. I mean, is is this music that you've been playing in different settings for years and you decided to put it all together and bring on some of I read about some of these people are like really, you know, almost like your your extended family in some some senses and then a lot of people that you perform with in general. So tell me a little bit about how you put the concept together about this recording and where some of these tunes came from.
1: Well, in terms of the concept and the, be- and, and the beginning, basically the album reflects my, my journey, my musical journey from uh, Lagos. You know, my first I was born in London, but my first memories were in Lagos and then uh, London and then and then new york where where i'm now mm-hmm. so so i guess uh, you know you know some people you can you can pull it you can say that it's a tale of three cities basically <laughs> the three cities that i've spent my life living in uh, and the musical things that i've picked up in each city so that that's one way of describing uh, how it, how it began
0: so so talk a little bit about the music because i'm always curious with somebody like you i mean you've you've performed with you know hundreds of people and you're on tons of recordings this is your third recording i believe if i'm if i'm looking at that correctly as a leader um but this one i mean are these all like talk a little bit about the tunes uh, uh, there's original tunes on here i mean conceptually how did you put all of these songs together how did you come up with the repertoire for uh, for a recording like this
1: well i would say um well this is my third album um from the first if, if, we, if we go back to london my first album was called uh, Speak. It was released in um, 2009. Now, with that particular album, my heritage, my heritage is Nigerian. Mm-hmm. But I also lived in London and I, I studied jazz. I did my undergraduate degree in jazz at Middlesex University. Um, and I, I also ended up playing with a bunch of jazz greats in the UK. So when it was time to record my first album, um, the idea then was to, was to, was to merge uh, African rhythm, a- African rhythms, uh, um, to, to be more specific, Nigerian Nigerian rhythms like uh, Wara, that's their version mm. of Six A, like High Life, like Juju. Mm-hmm. Um, Juju is um, a famous guy that plays. Juju is the king, King Sunny and the Afrobeat. So, so, so with this, with the first album that I made, I guess that was where the experimentation or the exploration started, mixing uh, my native. Um, kind of music and rhythms with with jazz, and so what happened is that the first album happened, the second album happened, which which was which was called The Promise, which took that concept further, and then I, and this and then Lagos Paper Soup happened, um, which was the most recent. So so in in a way it was just a uh, a growth, you know. It, it, it was it, there's a through line between the first album and 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 the, and, and the most current album.
0: Do you? I mean, do you enjoy? Do you enjoy the process of being a leader and recording and putting your own music down? I mean, is that a process that you enjoy? Is it, you know, because some people, I mean, they they feel like they they love playing on other people's recordings and playing their music and supporting them. Some people are just that's the way they like to be. But I mean, I'm listening to yours, and man, you know, you're throwing down. First of all, I love it. I mean, the the the, oh, the bass you. solos and the grooves and everything. I mean, you, I can tell you like playing out in front, and it's really, I mean, it's outstanding uh, musicianship uh, all the way around. So uh, is this something that you just enjoy? It's like, you know what? It's time for me to put out another recording. I'm going to plan it out, and I'm going to get this together. Or did it organically just happen? You just had all of these different ideas, and you're like, I need to go put this down somewhere. How am I going to get this together, and let's put this thing out? Well,
1: let me just say, it, it, it's a lot of hard work, as any leader or recording artist will tell you, it, to put a project together from concept to completion, it, it's, it's, it's seriously a lot of work and it, it takes years depending on what the goal is and and, and what direction you're going in. So one is a lot of hard work, but two, there is an enjoyment pro- process. Um, I feel like I'm very fortunate, blessed or lucky, whichever way you put it, um, because I have some amazing friends that I'll call my musical family. And so each time I record a recording, I kind of surround myself with people I really have relationships with, p- people that we have a connection, we have chemistry on and off stage. So when, it, when it's time to record, what, the music you're hearing is an extension of that. You, you know, we, we, we play in each other's bands, we've been on tour. You, you know, so, so in that sense, uh, um, I, I enjoy it, especially with, work, with, with working with what I call my musical family.
0: That's kind of it's I mean, looking over the people, let's talk a little bit about who's on here. I mean, Regina Carter, Lionel Luke, Joe Lovano, um, Becca, Becca Stein, Stevens, Diana Reeves. I mean, the list goes on. Um, how did you get everybody's schedule together to get the get everybody to record <laughs> with you? I mean, you know, I'm looking at this. I'm like, man, oh, man, just the thought process. I'm trying to get people together to do a recording and trying to work through the, their schedules, let alone yours. That's a major process to begin with as well. Mm.
1: So, well, let's, let, 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 let's, let's put it this way. When I, when I started recording this particular album, Lagos Pepper Soup in August, uh, 2015, um, um, I started with a cool, with a cool team, uh, the mm-hmm. cool team that I had in the studio was Lionel Oweke, Joe Lovano, Aaron Parks, Terry Gully on, on drums, a guy called Samir Zarif and a wonderful lady singer called Camille Thurman. So so I I went in there with with, with a bunch of songs, you know, more than I, I needed. And and just and just a cool team that, that I I figured, you know what, it would be nice to, to see what happens after a few days with us in the studio. And so I say that to say that it it was never my intention to record in in, a, in, a, in a, you know an epic all-star album with with, with all these you know you know greats on it. Um however, as time progressed, as as the years went on, I started working with different people. You know, I started working more on Broadway. I did The Color Purple on Broadway, which won a Grammy and a Tony. Yeah. I ended yeah. up on, on Frozen on Broadway, which also opened up so, uh, so so many doors. So so what I'm trying to say is, as as the years went on, it, I started meeting people, building relationships, and like for instance, Angelique. You, you know you know I ended up playing in her band for about two years, and and then I asked her, you know, are you interested? And she said yes. So, so it wasn't my original plan to have so, to have an epic record with so many guests, but it, that just happened as as time went by. I mean, it took five years to record.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say. I mean, you know, and the recording that you've got a killer music video that accompanies this recording too. I think it's on the the title track, right? Legos Pepper Soup is that the yes, title track? Lego's Pepper Soup. And that's Angela Angelique <laughs> yeah. uh, Kijo. Is that is that who's on there yeah. with you? Yeah. Man, I mean that's a yeah. really well that's a really well done music video. I mean, all around the, the entire process, the entire the entire plan about putting this recording out, um, really top notch. But I love that video. So talk a little bit about let's talk about that one specifically. I mean, there's lyrics sure. on there, there's all of that. Who wrote the lyrics? Who put together the music? I mean, was that all you, or did you when you invited these everybody to join you? Was there a collaboration happening?
1: Okay so let's go back a bit before we talk about the video. Yep.
0: You you're talking about
1: getting all these people together together. Um so 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 yes that happened over 5 years. So it was just it was one of those those things that happened step by step, one yep. foot in front of the, the other. Um in terms of getting people together, I also think there's a, there's an element of I, I would say uh, um, divine favor. You, you know, because so many things had to fall into place. So many schedules had to fall into place. So many people had to be in town the same time I was recording. Yeah. So, so there was, I, I just felt like so many things came together that, that 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 often I would just kind of stand back and it, it felt like it was just happening. <laughs> so so that's what I would say about that. As far as the video is concerned, I had finished mixing the album and uh, me, the, the record label, the team and everybody, um, I've got a wonderful team, by the way, um, we decided on, on on a release date. And then I said to myself, See, see, a lot of these things start with a question in my mind. I said, "What would it be like if we had a music video for one of the songs? Maybe even the title track." Yeah. And so, um, and so in, in that particular instance, I, 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 I kind of start to, started that put putting uh feelers out. You know, I I sent messages to some of my friends. I knew I'd need a director, a choreographer, and the question is, what's in the video? That's that's the thing. Right. <laughs> and so in the end. I decided that I wanted, of course, myself in the video because I'd, I'd never made a music video that, that, that I was the main artist. I've done many for others, but, but none for myself. Um, I wanted some Afro beat dancing and I wanted uh, uh, Angelique to be, be be in it. And so the concept was Afrofuturism. You know, when we talk about Afrofuturism, we're thinking about Black Panther. Oh, you know, yeah. We're thinking about a kind of Pan-African kind of look, you know, but here and now, looking into the, into the future. And so I enlisted the help of two very important people, a director called RZ Scott. He's an amazing, he makes uh, loads of music videos. He's literally, he's a professional music video maker. And then a great, great choreographer and dancer called Laurie M. Taylor. And so those were, I would say, they were like my, my right hand and left hand. We kind of communicated and, and once you have a good team and they understand the vision, um i guess things just flow because people just kind of take care of their departments and check in and you know you know we're all talking and before you know it it was time to record a, record a video and Jalik said yes uh, and i guess you know that's what you see
0: <laughs> i i was actually i was i was really You know, I wasn't shocked, but I mean, you know, I get a lot of things like jazz and blues and Latin and things like that. And there might maybe it's a music video. It's always just the band playing or something else. This was really well done. And there's dancers and there's costumes. And I mean, it's really but it accentuates what the music is, which I love. You know, it really made sense Mm, to mm, what the music mm. is, which which is not always the case when you see a music video, especially. I mean, you've been in music Mm. videos where. Maybe it doesn't accentuate what the music is specifically. This really did a great job, and it it was really fun to watch. So I'm I'm glad you put this together. Let's talk about a couple other people on this recording. Talk a little bit about Lionel Luke. Now, he's somebody that you call in some of the notes kind of like your extended family, right? Because, uh, you know, so you have you played with Lionel? Have you toured with him, or do you just know him from the scene, and you've gotten to know him over the years? Or How's that relationship?
1: Oh, Lino is like my big brother. I mean, we've been around to w- the world together.
0: Yeah.
1: I would say in two fa- around 2012, he asked me to join his band. He just recorded an album on Blue Note called um, Heritage, and he was about to tour. Uh, I guess it was Europe, uh, America, it was just all over. Really, we went to Japan. We went everywhere. And so he asked me to join, and and and, and I said yes. And so so just in, in, you know, Lino is from Benin, next door to Nigeria. I'm from I'm from. I'm from I'm from Lagos. You know, his mum speaks Yoruba. I, I mean, we have so many things in common. I mean, when he comes into town, we always get some pepper soup at the, <laughs> at the, at the famous Brooklyn Nigerian uh, place. So, so Lino, uh, you know, at this stage, Lino is, is basically my my big br- brother. He means so much to me personally, and he means so much to me professionally. I, I mean, he's just he, that's that's my dude. Yeah. You know, you know. So that's how that that's, that's how that happens. We started touring and, and then we, we grew close. So, so so it was only it was only natural. To yeah. Ask
0: him. No, I, I, I love him, man. And, and then when I saw he was on here and the couple tracks he's on, I mean, you know, it's awesome stuff. So let's talk a little bit about, all right. So I'm a drummer. We talked a little bit before we came on. I cannot, I cannot do the rhythms that you have on this recording justice. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, as a rhythm player, I mean, as a rhythm section player, and finding the right people to play this type of music with, because there's so much goes into the feel and understanding the musicality of what's happening in these songs. And especially with these different styles and the different time signatures, it has to be totally natural. How difficult is it for you to connect with the people that were right for this recording? I'm assuming you probably played with everybody in the rhythm section, especially many many times in order for this to feel so natural but I mean talk a little bit about the styles that are on this recording and and some of the different feels and some of the you know I mean a lot of this stuff is very and people listen to it you guys make it seem so simple to play but when you really delve in and you start breaking it down as a musician you know it it, it's on another level to make this stuff feel so natural and to be able to be so creative over such complicated rhythms and feels
1: all right, so if, if we're talking about the style and, and then we would break that down. Yeah, as, as I know. I, I know, I just um, <laughs> told you
0: like 12, 12 questions. I know. It's... <laughs> it's all good. It's all good.
1: You know, this is, you know, I, I'm glad you, you, you you've checked out the music and you, and you, and you clearly enjoyed it. Um, well, you know, you know I, I talked to you about, I, I mentioned that the album is an, extent, is, is an extension of my journey. Yeah. Um, what well, Lagos, London, and New York. One of the reasons why the, the New York um, chapter of my story is very important because it was in New York that I started working on Broadway. Um, I did Motown on Motown Broadway. I did The Color Purple on, on Broadway, The Revival. And uh, most, most, most recently, I did Frozen, uh, Disney's Frozen. Yeah. And so the reason why, the, the reason why <laughs> I, I say this is because it was at Frozen that I, I met uh, uh, um, an amazing orchestrator. His name is David Metzger. And he's like Disney's top orchestrator. He does a bunch of Disney yeah. films. Man, he's he's done like things like The Simpsons, Avenger, Mo- um, Frozen <laughs> One, Frozen Two, Moana. so he's basically like 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 when you hear when you heard the orchestra on Disney films, it's probably David Metzger. <laughs> you know. So what happened was that um I I I, I finished recording the rhythm rib- section and, and and actually I was playing with the, I was playing with the orchestra every day. Yeah. So the question was. I'm playing this stuff for Disney on Broadway. What would happen if I could just somehow get this kind of orchestra sound on my recording? And so and so, when you talk about the style and the, the sound of the album, uh, um, um, I asked David Metzger, um, to, I said, David, are you interested in, in orchestrating the song? He said, yes. I asked another guy, who's, who, who, his name is Joseph Joubert. He, he's like he's like one of Broadway's top orchestrators and conductors. He actually conducted the, all the orchestra. Orchestra songs on, on the videos and and on the whole album, so he orchestrated and conducted, and I asked some other people, so 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 mixing the Afro beat and then and then the the kind of uh, um, um, movie score sound sounds sound yeah. in, in a limited this whole thing that that, that I call cinematic Afrobeat. So mm-hmm. so when I think of the music, I, I think you know you know yeah yeah I, I think of m- m- Afro afrobeat that was created for for the for the movies so so if you want to look at a grand kind of way to look at it that that's that's how how I look at it and in terms of styles you know in a more individual um, styles um, I I deliberately wanted to do in, in a wawa okay so wawa is what we call is is is, is six eight you the six eight rhythm okay. a bunch of African c- countries have their own Mali has their own Sen- Senegal has their own Benin ha- has their own Cameroon has their own and so when you think of a song like Shoki, you, 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 you know, you are, you are, I'm ha- I, I kind of deliberately decided to mix different kinds of six eight. You know, so you, you've got the Cameroon feel, you've, you've got that kind of you, you know Nigerian feel, you've got the Malian vibe going on, and then so you, you've got different types of six eight. <laughs> you've, got, you've got influences, yeah, from Mali, and, and then you have the kind of orchestra on top, and so and so Shoki is a, a very good example of, of of kind of blending the whole you know, you know the, whole, the whole sounds. In terms of selecting musicians, um, honestly, I've, I've already played with them. I've already played with them. I've already in different ensembles. I already know that they're open. See, I, I, one of the things I like to do is get musicians that are open to try and different styles yeah. and, and, and different ways of, of playing musicians that will study the parts, you know, that I give them whether it be yeah. sheet music or demo, but also bring the, their, their personality. So it's like a, it's like a give and take. You know, you write the music, but then you get people that you entrust people to interpret it in in a way that you, you know, will serve the song. Mm -hmm. So, um, so in that, how I select the musicians, you know, I've already played with them. And I've heard them in recordings. If I haven't played with them extensively and, 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 uh, I kind of know that they're open to creating this, uh, cinematic Afro beat.
0: I I love that term cinematic Afro beats. That's exactly what, the recording sounds like it's like that that's a great way to describe it because that that's exactly you know that's exactly what i'm hearing when i'm hearing this stuff so you you recorded it over five years Um, yes yes. how how much music didn't make it on the recording because you got 12 tracks but i know that if you recorded it over five years you probably had maybe a couple of extra tracks or a few more tracks or something i mean uh, how do you even decide which tunes make the recording or which tunes maybe get held off and don't make the recording? Or maybe they, you just did 12 tunes and that was it. I don't know. Well, actually, I,
1: w- I would say at least three songs didn't make the album. Okay. Uh, at least three songs didn't make the album. Well, as a producer, because cause that's the thing, you know, And well, one reason why it, it took quite a while is because I was wearing different hats, you, you know, as a, a bass player, you know, arranging the music and then producing the, the, whole, the whole thing. So, <laughs> you, you know, you, I kind of have to... Yeah, wear different hats. And it's almost like you're a different person. And so, and so yeah. that takes, that's, uh, takes time for, for when you're the artist and you're the producer and so on and so forth. Um, in terms of selecting uh, uh, the songs uh, for an album, I had to really th- sit down and think about, one: what is it that I want to say with this album? Both lyrically and musically. <laughs> you know, lyrically, um, um, we have uh, f- uh, themes of hope, inspiration, new beginnings, love, you know, these, these, were, the, these were the things that I, I, you know, overcoming. These are things that I wanted to convey. And, and you notice that whether in Yoruba, Yoruba is a language that we speak, one of the, one of the languages we, we speak in Nigeria, or English, you know, you will know, you, 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 you notice that these things are echoed throughout, throughout, throughout the album. Um, musically, of what I wanted to say, um, I'll give you an example. I In my previous albums, I I really focused on playing the bass. I'm sorry, sorry. I really focused on um, arranging and, and producing mm-hmm. and composing. So, but with this particular album, I said to myself, you know what, you know what? I really, I really want to, you know, bring the bass to the forefront a bit more. I really want to be more aggressive. I want to be more present. Yeah. You you know, since 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 I'm a bass player, you know, why not play the bass? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a bit more. I mean, I mean, I mean. Of course, I'm I'm going to do it in a way that I feel like serves the song. Pick my moments. Yeah. You know, If Lionel is doing something, a riff, I'm going to stay out of his way. You know, if, if Terry is doing a riff, I'm going to stay out of his way, but then maybe find a way to complement it. So the, those were the things that were on my mind.
0: It's got to be really tough, too, because I talk to a lot of musicians, especially some, you know somebody like yourself who's done so much, who's so accomplished, and if done the recordings, obviously done Broadway and, and everything else. But when you get into, like, you're you're running your own album, you're performing, you're producing, and you're also composing, and you're writing and arranging everything. When you go into record, I'm always curious. I ask this a lot, but I think it's interesting. When you go into record, you sort of talk to that, but I want you to maybe expand a little. You have to probably – go in and say, all right, now I'm playing the bass. I am not the arranger, composer. I'm actually going to relax, and I'm going to play the bass over this. I'm going to forget about all the other stuff that's happening that's going on around this recording right now because it's now it's my turn to play the bass. Do you have to split your brain no. that way and just say, all right, now I'm going in the studio. Now I'm playing. I'm not producing. I'm not recording. I'm not worried about somebody's hotel room. This is what's happening.
1: Well, it's interesting that you should say that because we're in different hats. When I go into the re- re- uh, record, um, it, it's um, I'm not actually thinking about playing the bass. Yeah, I'm thinking about capturing everybody else's take. <laughs> I, see, I'm serious, seriously, I'm thinking of because you know, for each take, for each song, we might do a couple of takes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm. It doesn't take the, the take doesn't have to be perfect, but I want to capture the take that's got the spirit yeah. of, of of what I'm looking for. And then once we have that spirit. Of that main take, then we can do fixes, then we can do overdubs, then mm-hmm. then we can kind of you know build on it. So so it's it's up to it's actually the opposite. It's very it's very hard, especially when it's my own uh, project as producer and leader, to be thinking about the bass whilst I'm recording with a, with a band. Now after. Then, you know, you know, when I'm in the studio or something, I'm fixing something, then I'm the bass player. Then I can fully enjoy the <laughs> bass player because cause then I'm thinking of direction. OK, if this thing didn't go well, how can we uh, change the drum beat? What do we need to change in, in the piano? In, you know, what do I want to hear more or less of? You know, is the song too fast or too slow? You know, is it going to be the right key for the singer? You know, there's there's yeah. so many <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know things that, to think about that. that. It's usually the bass comes last. I love that though, because that's, that's opposite of some of the other musicians, but you brought up a great point is that, you know, you're playing and you've got to find, you're right because everybody's there. You're playing the tune down. You can always go back in and adjust and go in as the bass player to your point, but you gotta, you gotta know that you heard the version that has the spirit of the composition and the energy and the creativity that you're looking for. So that, You can say, "Okay, got it. Now I can go back in and do some overdubs and do some different things. That's actually almost more difficult, isn't it? Because, I mean, how do you know that you really got the most creative part or the most energetic or the spirit behind that tune when you're sitting there? You, You must know how to listen in that fashion to understand and say, that's exactly it. We got it. And then you must also be able to break down in your mind what you can do afterwards in order to enhance whatever you want to enhance. But getting that, getting that one take is so important to your point.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the feel I'm thinking of, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the, <laughs> the, the vibe I'm thinking of like, how does this take make, make me feel? What's the energy like, you, you know, what, what's the arc, mm-hmm. you, you know, and once, once that, once that, see, okay, let me go back. Usually I'm in the, in the recording studio with the rest of the musicians. Yeah, like so, so when I produce, I'm I'm not in the in the in the recording booth or the control room. I'm in in yeah. in there with the rest of the musicians because I feel like that helps to create a vibe.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: that that kind of helps. You can you can see people better. You can kind of even MD better um, in 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 that studio. Now hold on, someone just yeah my my next door neighbor yeah oh. my next my next door neighbor was making noise, and and, and so and so. So, so I'm in there with the musician making 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 the music, and then it's, it's after we all come in and they listen to the take, and, and 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 you can just usually tell when you're in in the control room listening with the rest of the musicians,
0: yeah.
1: Which one which one is which one is the, the one, you know? And it's usually <laughs> the one that everybody says yes, keep that take of mine, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, keep that keep that solo of mine. Okay, you know, the drummer's happy, I'm happy. You know, you can generally sense it yeah you know you know, you know and, then, and then that's the one we choose
0: all right well hey I'm, i I want to make sure everybody knows we want to send everybody over to your website we want to send everybody over to michael music.com which I have up at the bottom of the screen and of course what what record label is it on is it on whirlwind
1: it's on whirlwind Whirlwind recordings
0: whirlwind you know. recordings and, and Whirl- you can also
1: find me on Instagram in in a, in a Michael Olatuja one word you know and twitter you know it, 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 i'm all over
0: <laughs> you're all over the place so let's talk a little bit about your background cuz i'm curious you know we've been talking about you doing the broadway plays and stuff now you, did you grow up in nigeria and then go to uh london and then end up in the states or how did how did that trajectory go and when did you get interested in bass specifically
1: all right so born in london you know, you know went to live in nigeria when i was four um, and that was important because I don't remember anything before that. All I remember is getting off the plane <laughs> oh, <wow>. in Nigeria. <laughs> I think it was a heat. I think it was a culture shock. But that's all I remember, just getting off the plane in Nigeria. So we spent four years there uh, as a family, and then moved back to London with with my mother, and um, then spent um, I guess eight to twenty one in in London, mm-hmm. you know, with, with my mother. And um, I guess if, if we talk about when did I start playing the bass. I started playing the bass at the age of 13. Um, The bass player at my church left, and I was his understudy. And so um, I guess I was the next one in line, and so I started playing the bass. So I always say that I didn't choose the bass, but the bass chose me. You know, because it, it just kind of opened up, and I was—I was—I feel like I was at the right place at the right time. So 13 is when I started to play the bass.
0: Wow, man, oh man! And and did you? Who were some of your early influences? Because I can hear a lot, obviously. You know, Jocko, but who who else? I mean, you—you you, there's so many different bass players that I'm sure you were influenced by.
1: Well, in my teens, Abraham Loborio was very, very, very important. You know, because he he he, I, I I always gravitated to bass players that that had a strong uh, rhythmic sensibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so Abraham Laborio you know, I learned a lot from him. Um, I learned uh, I, I would transcribe people like John Patitucci, sure. people like him, you know. know actually, it was because of John Patitucci that I started playing both upright and electric. You know, mm. you know, I, I was yeah, and I was, used to always play a six string bass like him. And then Richard Bonner, Richard Bonner is very important. And Richard Bonner, I would say he's important because he was one of the he was the first one I saw mix jazz with his with his native kind of music from from Cameroon. Oh yeah. In, 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 and he was singing his own language, and you know what? You, you wouldn't understand what he was say, he was saying, but it is true what they say that music is a universal language. Like he would be singing, and you, whatever he would be saying, you'd be feeling it, even <laughs> even though, even though you don't understand the language. And so Richard Bonner was very important because he kind of you know, um, it kind of influenced me, me to see that it's possible to make music in your own language. You don't have to abandon your culture. No, it's all relevant. You can tell your story using your language, yeah. add it to jazz as long as it's authentic. You know, you're going to touch someone.
0: How did you? I'm I'm always curious when you when when I talk to musicians that are whether they're in Chicago or New York or L.A. and they're in the theater scene. I mean, because I know that's that's a that's a tough a tough thing to get into as a musician because everybody wants a theater gig, obviously. So for you to be able to do the Broadway stuff, did you, did you do the usual thing? Well, the usual thing, but I mean, that the thing that I've heard different musicians do, and I'm, I'm always curious to ask this because I think a lot of younger musicians, probably need to hear how you got into it. I mean, did you do one of those things where you kind of shadowed somebody as their understudy in case they were going to get sick or something, and then you got into the theater scene that way, and then all of a sudden you got moving, or was there a different path for you to get into that Broadway scene?
1: Well, i you know, speaking of the Broadway scene, one reason why I'm kind of happy about my project is the two people that got me into the Broadway scene are on the project, on oh. the album. <laughs> and that's the... Conductor Joseph Joubert, you, you know he he, he he was the conductor for Motown on Broadway. I think that was 2012, 13, yeah. and the associate conductor for that, Jason Michael Webb, he he's he was the one that orchestrated "Choki," uh, the song yeah. that Diane that Dan Reeves yeah. sang on. And um, so so in a nutshell, what happened is that Motown opened on Broadway, and the thing about Broadway is. When the show just opens, that's the window if 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 you want to sub for somebody because whoever the regular is has been there for weeks, you know because they have something called a lock-in period. So for argument's okay. sake, the lock-in period is six weeks when they start rehearsing and they do and they and then they start doing a bunch of shows in the theater. And so by the end of that lock-in period, whoever the base player is, wants <laughs> people to, to be able to. Be his understudy what, what wants to be able to take a night off because they actually can't take a night off um, in that locking period. So, so what happened is that Motown just opened and, and uh, Jason Michael Webb, the guy that orchestrated Shoki, he connected me with a bass player, um, one of my mentors called, called Luico Hopper. And I, I ended up being his understudy and he taught me how to do Broadway. I, 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 used, I still use his methods today, the things that he taught me. <laughs> And why that's very important is that uh, that my mentor uh, on bass, he decided to go off and do something else and then gave me his chair. Oh, so, wow. so for the first show that I subbed for on Broadway, uh, uh, the, the first show I subbed for was the first show that, I actually, that actually became a regular for, and that was Motown on Broadway. So that's how I got into Broadway. And, and I guess, you know, people see that you're on Broadway, they start calling you for different things and... Um, one thing really does lead to another.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it's it, it's, and I'm glad you told that story because I, I find it fascinating. I know a lot of people that are listening find it fascinating because that's one of those things that people just don't know how people get some of these gigs, and I think it's always interesting. But you know, you brought up, and I don't, we don't, have, uh, we don't have time or anything else to go into it. But there is a technique to being able to play on Broadway and to be able to understand how to play these shows, even if you're playing night in, night out. There's a definite technique and a definite style and a definite way you have to go about playing a Broadway show that's different from playing gigs in a club or playing festivals with bands or anything else. Oh,
1: definitely, there? definitely,
0: definitely. Everything has but, to be but, totally but, specific, right? I mean, you got to be the same way well, every single night. They,
1: they, yes, they,
0: they, the music is written out. I'll a,
1: a, a, use, use Frozen as, as an example. I, I, I was very fortunate uh, doing, doing the Frozen um, a Broadway show uh, for Disney, as the bass player, because um, th- their page was written out and everything was, was already there. You know, Frozen, the movie one had already come out and they've got their hits, you know, so people want to hear that. Yeah. I, however, I, I was very fortunate that, that all of my supervisors, I- I- you know, trusted me to play the ink, but also encouraged me to, 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 uh, to bring my own personality in, oh. into the music. So to be able to do Broadway and Actually, insert your own personality and serve the song and, and, and have people want more. That was, that was very, very, very special, especially on Frozen. I mean, they, they even gave me like a solo, they gave me a, a bass solo, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know. So, they kept and so they said they wanted more. I gave them more, and no one ever complained. <laughs> and that's pretty, I <laughs> so, mean, that, so, I mean that's, that, not,
0: that's pretty rare, that's not, that, isn't it? That, I mean, that's pretty rare. Very rare.
1: Yeah, I was very fortunate, but they trusted me to pick my moments, and of course, I'm listening to what's going on. Yeah. If they want to build the song, then I build it with them. If it's like like a quiet, intimate moment, then I kinda of know what to do to kind of, you know, help them tell that, that narrative.
0: Wow, man, oh man. So just to you know, to wrap this the whole thing up, we want to send everybody over to Michael Music dot com to pick up the new recording, Legos Pepper Soup. And uh I'm Woo! telling you, you are there it is, there it is. You are not gonna be There's disappointed,
1: a CD. man. There's a vinyl. Oh man, just vinyl, we got vinyl. <laughs> It literally just came in, so I'm very excited.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. But before we wrap the whole thing up, how have you been doing with this uh, COVID thing? Obviously, the theaters are shut down. The clubs are shut down. And I'm sure if you're not doing theaters and you're not playing gigs in clubs and venues, especially in the summer during normal times, you're probably on tour somewhere, I would imagine, traveling and playing festivals and everywhere else. Everything's kind of hunkered down. What have you been up to? Have you been doing some live stream things? Have you been doing anything like that? I mean, it just, I, I don't know what's happening out there in New York.
1: Well, let me just say, it's a, it's a very tough and trying time. Um, Frozen uh, closed a, a few months ago, you know, like closed for good because of COVID-19. Uh, the touring I did, I did with Angelique, you know, a lot of it got, got postponed to 2021. Some of my own gigs as, as a leader got canceled. So it's a very tough time for all of us musicians Artists, in fact, the, the whole world, has, 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 to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I keep on saying to myself that as, as long as, if, as we're healthy and, and we try to stay safe uh, as best as possible, everything else you can work out. Yeah. You, you know, it, it, you know, we know that musicians aren't making what they what they usually make. You, you, you know, but once again, you know, hopefully they'll find the vaccine, and in 2021 20, we'll come back with, with a roar. So, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm choosing to remain optimistic. <laughs> Even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, um,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that's the only of, thing you can on. do, right? That's the only thing you can do is stay out the optimistic and look forward and push forward, right? You know, because we have to, we still have to. You know, part of me
1: sometimes says, "Oh, I wish we could just fast forward to 2022." You know, you know, but who can who can go forward in time that I know? Of? So we're gonna have to live through each day. So it, it just makes sense that if, if we get if we get, it just it just makes sense to take things day by day. And and just literally try to make the most of each day, try to stay creative, you know, talk to your family. Like I'm always my brother lives in London. So, you know, every day, almost every day I'm on the phone with him. So these are the things that I feel like have been helping me get get through day by day.
0: Well, and and, you know, congratulations to you. And of course, Lydia Liebman helping you out, get this word out about this recording and putting this out, regardless of whether or not there's a pandemic or not or anything else. This is out. You got vinyl coming. You got CDs. You're pushing this thing out and people need to hear creative stuff. And I always say everything. If there's a silver lining on all of this because of the digital world we live in, I think a lot of musicians, I don't know how you are, but I know a lot of musicians are figuring out different ways to connect with their fans, their audience, and maybe even make new fans and new audiences. So when they Mm. get back out on the stage, there's even a growing population of people that really love the music because of the digital aspect of it, all the social and everything else that people can do. I can't tell you how many musicians I've run into just flipping through Instagram or Facebook or something like that, that I had never heard of before. And it's fantastic stuff. So, I mean, I don't know how you are, but I, I, you know, I think a lot of, if there's a silver lining, that might be the silver lining that we're a little bit more connected digitally and we're able to grow the audiences so that when we can get back out and you can get back out on the stages, you're connecting with even more people
1: that's the hope that's definitely the hope
0: yeah. yeah well hey michael it is so wonderful to connect with you i'm so happy that we got a chance to talk and uh, everybody head over to MichaelOlatujaMusic.com and pick up the new recording congratulations and hopefully as i always say by the way i read in your bio you 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 performed with one of our uh, our local legends here kurt elling i think i saw in your yes, that's uh, your did you tour with him or did you record uh, with him or
1: Oh man, my Kurt, and my friend. We we toured. Um, it had to be 2009. Okay. It had to be 2009. Uh, he called me and, then, and and we did some stuff in the Midwest. You know, you know, yeah, it was it was nice. You know, I was he emailed me a couple of weeks ago. You know, he was asking me questions about the 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 new album, Lagos Pepper Soup*.
0: Yeah.
1: And I emailed him, emailed him back. But yeah, yeah, I got to. I, I've loved Kurt Elling's voice for for years. So. When he asked me to talk with him, you know, I said it, it was it was an honor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. And I'm like, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Kurt Elling on a Chicago Music Revealed show. You know, you know how that is. <laughs> All right, Michael. Hey, take oh, care. Man. Congratulations on the new recording. And uh, hopefully we'll get to see you live and in person here in Chicago in 2021 rather than.
1: That'll be awesome. I would love to connect with you. Maybe we can do lunch or something. <laughs> let's,
0: let's do it. Let's happen. Let's make it happen. All right. Congratulations. And thanks again for jumping on. You're welcome. Take care. All Bye. right. I'll I'll tell you. You've got to go check this out because this recording is is just it it's dynamite what this is. And the different rhythm. Of course, you know, I'm a drummer. Everybody knows I'm a drummer. Everybody knows that uh, you know, that the kind of stuff that I dig. And so this is like so right up my alley, it's not even funny. So I cannot tell people enough that they need to go check this out, head over there, Michael music.com. And uh, you know, what a wonderful guy too. And I'll tell you, we could have talked probably for an hour and a half. Cause I had a lot of questions about the Broadway thing because that's so specific to be able to do that. And the fact that he's on all of these hit Broadway shows, it's amazing. It's amazing. So check out the music though. You're not going to be disappointed. Sit back, relax, grab a cocktail, dim the lights and listen to the whole album because it it is it's smoking. It might make you dance, so you might not be able to sit back and relax. You might have to get up and move a little bit. But congratulations to Michael on the whole thing, and of course, thanks to Lydia Liebman for connecting us. She has connected us with so many great people, and we are going to continue doing that again tomorrow here on the show. Of course, we are back here tomorrow, six p.m. Central Standard Time. Oh no, I think we've got a scheduling thing. Six fifteen tomorrow night. Six fifteen tomorrow.